What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Scotch and Dumplings. Uh, I'm back with the legend, Joel Berg, Joel Jimenez. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, uh, it's so crazy to hear that. You know, uh, my my insane antics have earned me legendary status in a small community of human beings, which is nice. Yes, it has. So I just saw you, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Well, first of all, by the way, I don't think that about myself. I don't go around calling myself <laughs> a legend. This guy said it. All right. Go ahead. That was all me. That was me. Um, so I just saw you do a little like low key comedy show. What, like two, three weeks ago? And also, hold on. It's also making me think about the, how uh, how easily we throw around the word legend now. Right. Like before you would have had to, like, you know, behead a fucking <laughs> fucking Cerberus or like a fucking snake with like eight heads and, you know, go through Hades and and save somebody's soul from the depths of hell. And now all Not you got to do is wear a purple dick and learn how to backflip. That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly, okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd equate those two together. Okay, no. sure. Perfect. Yeah. God, storybooks are going to suck in like a hundred years. Then. <laughs> um, the legend of uh, Joel Berg. I, there I you go. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I saw you at a comedy show. Um, there was like, 20 people super intimate super cool place yeah um how did they just like reach out to you and um well first off shout out to nightcap la they're such a cool venue man um no uh what happened was a uh, one of my like childhood friends i guess you could say well teenage uh, my friend kim uh we know each other from like middle school and uh we kind of were in contact on Instagram and she was like, Hey, I got this buddy. He runs a show. It's like in the, it's like in the back alley of this place. I'm sure you've performed in weirder places, which that's kind of underselling it. Cause alley, you think something, but it's a really nice spot. Oh yeah, um, definitely. So she put me into contact, but I ended up already knowing the guy, his name's Aaron. So I've known him just from comedy and stuff. And they, um, they booked me and it, it was dope, man. It was fun. Uh, I had a blast. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to do it again. So it's maybe was it, how long has it been since you did comedy before that? Uh, I went up at an open mic the night before just to like sort of brush up. But th- it was not good, dude. I was like, it was fucking awkward as shit. Like I grabbed the mic and like I didn't know how to like hand it over. And then like I was standing and I moved my leg and then I was like, oh, fuck, now I can't move. And I was like, it, it was weird, man. My body. Because before that, it had been since like November. So, oh, wow. That's a long uh, time. Yeah. And then the open mic was just weird. So, uh, but you know, if it's a show with a good crowd, I feel like immediately you're, you kind of lock in a little easier. So it was easier for me to, to do that, I think. And a lot Not of those easy, people were your but, friends, right? Um, yeah. I knew, I knew a lot of them. Um, some were like people who are now friends of mine who are like fans of the show and like you know it's it's um i had a i had a buddy from so so kim and her husband came uh my buddy from high school who I hadn't seen in a long time came out uh this other guy from this thing called la onda i'm wearing his shirt right now actually but uh they did a couple he's done a couple interviews with me um he came out it was his birthday uh and then uh you guys um and uh I had a, I had a, this is a crazy one. Cause like I was standing at the ticket spot outside and, and this guy showed up and he's like, Oh, what's up, man. Uh, uh, telling me he like killed Tony. And it's like, I'm a DJ man. And I was like, Oh yeah. What do you DJ? Cause I already like, I'm like, I, first of all, I hear DJ and I want to like roll my eyes. Right. But I know no offense to you. 
<laughs> but but he was like uh uh i go oh yeah what do you dj man he's like oh i used to dj for this like rapper named pigeon john and i was like wait a minute and i was like Are dj wise and so i knew this guy so i used to be like born again christian when i was like 17 and i went to this like cool church that had like djs and like i used to play drums with him and stuff and, and he's like yeah why i was like dude do you remember me like i pulled down my mask and he had been a fan of like kill tony and knew the, the joelberg thing but never like equated that i was the same guy no way and, what a yeah, small world i know so we ended up hanging out that night and um yeah so it was it was, it was crazy man it, you know and this is um uh, let's see how it had not like in any sort at all in any sort of bragging way. This was like just the one time that the stars sort of aligned that like I would say 70 percent of the crowd was there for to see me. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. But that was that was cool. It just get, makes you believe in the dream that you can draw people and people will come see you. That was nice. Do you think it's easier to, to perform to a crowd of friends or a crowd of people that you don't know? Strangers. A hundred percent. I'm, you know, I'm already, if I know the people, it's a little panicky because you're going to have to talk to those people after. And if you don't know them, you can just hide in the green room till everybody. That's gone. true. That's true. And it's <laughs> happened to me. It's happened to me before, man. I did. Uh, yeah. I've done a couple of shows where it went rough more than a couple, but uh, you know, and people just leave. And it's funny when they're talking to the people who did well and you're standing right next to them and you're just like, you know, Hey, yeah, uh, fuck me, I guess, <laughs> yeah, but I deserve it. You know? I think you honestly, I think you killed it. You definitely Thanks, crushed dude. it. Um, yeah, I hope so, man. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. It just felt like it was like some semblance of normalcy to be like back yeah. in like some sort of venue, you know, seeing live anything, you know, comedy, For music, sure. whatever it is. Um, yeah, it was definitely. They did a good job of that, man. I liked it a lot. Uh, so how's your podcast going? It's going, man. I just had Ryan J on. On we interviewed him on uh, Wednesday, so that should be out this week or like maybe by tomorrow. But um, it's going good, man. I you know I struggle with it because I I like it and I and um, it's fun. But sometimes when any you know, every sort of creative venture becomes work nowadays, and it's a labor I'm of like, love, I think. Yeah, and I'm trying to get get more love and less labor going on. You know? <laughs> but, but yeah it's, it's um, i mean it is a lot of work you know but it's i think it's fulfilling you know i'd rather be doing this than you know slaving away like a desk job right now yeah for sure you know but also i mean the more that time goes on i'm like you know i don't know what my future holds but um sometimes i hold a bit of like uh peace in the fact that if i ever want to like that option is always there to walk away and go be like a people make fun of me but like go be a fucking greeter at walmart or go like go just stuff boxes with headphones on yeah. and have a, fa a family and you know it's um i have to hold on to that i i i love the dream and i'm in it a hundred percent but there are times when my mental uh, when my sanity is maybe a little more important and and I know people that's where people get make fun of me and they're like well you're not going to be mentally sane working at Walmart but um, I don't know I not even the Walmart thing but just just sort of like uh, finding a peaceful life I guess and sometimes in this freelance sort of like jumping from thing to thing life it's 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 less peace than there is and so i'm trying to trying to find that balance well i was gonna say like it's more consistency with whatever i mean whether it's walmart Fair. or some big That's corporate it. job like it's a structure it's a schedule it's like 
the military or the fire department or whatever, like you have, like, you know, you're going to be there, you know, you're going to get paid X amount versus like, you know, when is my next gig going to be, you know? And, and I For think, sure. but also I hate that, that schedule shit too. So I'm, I think I'm just cursed, dude. Don't I think the cursed. grass is always green on the other side. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, who knows, man? I don't know. So, uh, my biggest like goal for this next year or whenever starting soon, hopefully is to just sort of start to start to clean out my mind and get healthy and sort of like get to a place where I can feel happy, dude. Cause I, you know, I'm actually, you know, the thing is if I could actually figure out a way to quiet my thoughts and all that sort of stuff, then maybe the freelance stuff will just be fun. Cause I can handle it a little better. I think that I'm um, like overly sensitive. Sometimes I worry that like, I'm, um, I, you know, I've, I've had times where I'm like, I worry if I have what it takes to just be a human being sometimes, you know, mm. obviously I think even people that worry about that humans want to survive. So I think at the depth of it, we, we tend to rise above. Um, but, uh, well, it's pretty normal. I mean, I have those thoughts all the fucking time. So yeah, then I get, you know, then I guess everybody near ex military, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's fucking to me, dude. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I guess, every human thrown into whatever that situation is, that's when you really find out if you can rise above it or not. And I think most people actually do because, you know, uh, I think we want to live. I think for the, for the most part, most human beings want to survive. Uh, yeah. I think I it's this- honestly 80%. Sorry to cut you off. I think it's honestly oh. like 80% mental. Like I learned that shit in the military. Is that like absolutely yeah. physically? Yeah. It's physically demanding and there's a lot, but you can push your body and your mind a lot farther than people think you can. Like, Oh yeah. Just, you know, like a lot of that sleep, like sleep deprivation, being up, working, doing all kinds of crazy training, 14 mile rucks with like 85 pounds of gear. Like you would have told me that, that I would do that. Like before I joined, I'd be like, there's no fucking way for sure. But you know, now it's, you look back on that stuff and you're like, that honestly was not that bad. I mean, it wasn't fun, but like, <laughs> you know, what's nice about that. I like that. Like that. Uh, see, when you just said, when you look back like that, like I get, I get a little, you know, you get that deep breath moment when you look back at past struggles that you've made it out of, like, cause right now, you know, I was saying I'm, I'm kind of like uh, nothing crazy, but every now and then I get some like sort of health things that pop up and I'm like, Oh, I just can't wait to get on the other side of that. So I can, look back and be like oh my god that was so rough when i was there i'm so glad i'm done with that you know it's almost Um, like calming to to take that deep breath moment yeah and it's motivating as well to know that possibly when the next thing pops up even though it might feel like it's over it's not you know exactly Um, yeah but yeah man um yeah so i mean you know that's that's the next frontier for me right now is uh and it's hard to separate business from life because because of like the freelance world where, you know, I'm getting hit up to do 10 things a week and I'm saying yes to everything because you have to, because you want to, I want to keep my face out there. I want to keep doing stuff and I'm not going to sleep on this opportunity. You know, it's like you get, you get one chance, maybe, maybe a couple, but you got to capitalize. And, um, but now I'm more and more, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, ah, you know, those things will be there. Like, you, you know, you can always, it's just about how, how hard you want to work to get it. Like if I took a month off to really take care of this fucking thing, you know, it might save me five months in the future where I'm mm-hmm. losing my fucking mind, you know, or something like that. 
I totally agree. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, but and and the business will tell you that not to do that. And people will say that's wrong. And you got to you got to fucking all oh, this. I'm over this fucking like dying for my dreams shit, dude. I want to live through my dreams. You know, I don't want to like I'm sick of this fucking the suffering shit. Like, I, I don't think I think for so long we've seen it. And yeah, it creates brilliant art, but I don't think it's the only way, man. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. Um, I want to change gears just a little bit. I, I yeah. feel like that was that was perfect. Um, you're also doing like skits and music videos with like Jeremiah and Jesse yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah like, where so, you guys come with these ideas and? Um, so so most of the ones that I've been in with Jeremiah, it's him. You know, he's you know th- fucking dude. Thank God for that guy because he's just um, he always keeps us in mind. He wants you know he really he tries to uplift the people around him, you know, as best as he can. He's not going to do the work for you, but he will say, Hey, you know, you were good in this. Come, come do this. So I got to give that all to Jeremiah. He will let us um, have alternate takes where we riff and and stuff like that. Like, uh, so we get to have our own sort of jokes and voice in there sometimes. Um, uh, And so that's all him. Uh, The writing and stuff. Our buddies, um, Chris McMillan and Van Corona, uh, who have a company called 4933 Productions. It's on Instagram. You can find them, find Van, find Chris. Um, They are just, I met Van because he, okay, how long? Okay, this is a long, anyway. uh, Van used to work at a place called Evidence Film Studios. That is also where Kiel Yulberg worked, who shot Tony Hinchcliffe's first special at the Ice House. So, I met Keel backstage at Kill Tony. One day he brings Van to do back behind the scenes photos because Van's a brilliant photographer, man. Um, uh, he just has the eye, uh, some sort of special fucking thing. You know, it's, um, you know, we see so many people. Uh, everybody thinks they're a photographer now, but because everybody has the equipment, but there is something about a specific person that knows how to do it. You know, and he just he has it. But so I met Van. Um, and then I had a coffee shop job that was connected to evidence. And so Van used to come just hang out with me while I was closing up and drink coffee. And then me and Van became pretty close friends. Um, I was going through like a pretty rough point in my life and he would just, he was always there for me. And, uh, then I started hanging out with Van through Van. I meet Chris who lives with Van, their roommates. They're both, um, Chris is like a director, producer. They know how to shoot stuff. Um, a lot of that first early, mostly sorry stuff they were letting me use their camera for. Um, and so they, you know, they hooked up with Jeremiah through, through all those connections and have sort of helped us and him elevate the game of like what our sketches can look like. And just such a supportive group of people and who just really, really are about producing our own like culture and, and making a scene for ourselves and sort of just like building from the ground up you know and then of course jesse johnson is like literally like one of the funniest and like off the cuff sort of shit like she just put out this kill tony compilation today and man when i'm watching i'm like jesus christ some of the shit like um one of the funniest things i've ever laughed at in the past couple of months was uh we were shooting a music video at the beach and uh i got a little bit high and i was like panicking because i would just get in my head and she's like joel this is where you want to be high she's like you're it's a beautiful beach you're at like the the sun whatever and so we're just joking around and there were these seagulls that kept trying to get our snacks and out of nowhere just full volume she runs she starts running towards them she goes kill them and 
I don't know. If, you know, I don't know if it's one of those you had to be there things, but it snapped me out of my panic. And like, I was just like, it was just so funny. I'm, I'm all over the fucking place. I'm no, sorry. No, but just it's, these people, it, yeah. I feel like they deserve a little bit of backstory because I, I glaze over this shit so much. And I feel like the behind the scenes people really need to get the credit they deserve. I mean, Van has, you know, basically opened up his garage to me to work whenever I want. You know, I'm, I'm recording some music with, uh, jesse at the moment like a top secret thing that we're doing not top secret but she's working on a thing and um i produced a song for pat reagan pat reagan i I say his last name so people know but it's pat to me but uh there that um hopefully will be out at some point and uh you know i've been recording music and stuff but yeah they just have a garage they let us do whatever we want he wants to build a spot where we can come create stuff so sick Uh, okay so we'll go on to uh some topic suggestions uh on the topic of jeremiah and jesse and stuff one of uh the Tony fans asked if uh there was any plans of you of the band starting their own podcast um do you have any words on that um what i'll say is we we talk a lot and we're all in we're we all still talk very often and um i'm of the mindset of like this is dumb superstition but like not wanting to say too much about anything uh at all until things sort of like you know whatever right that's all also very okay. vague i, I think that, we're, that... All, we're all really good friends and we're we work together quite a bit okay cool that's that's all I, that's all i needed to hear um next topic uh rooftop koreans yeah. um you did google them last night uh yeah, what are so your... I, I i knew when you said it i kind of i kind of knew and then i googled it and i got to see the photos and stuff um you know it's interesting it's such a layered thing because you're you're we're talking about the la riots right like mm-hmm. um basically koreatown uh during the la riots and sort of um it's such a layered thing because you're talking about uh you know immigrants and then also like disenfranchised people and um what i ended up sort of coming to the conclusion is that and i want to hear your opinion on this is that they didn't just go up to the rooftops with guns uh like immediately they did that because the the cops and stuff like basically turned their backs on them you know um they did it because they had to they they were sort of left alone you know the same uh um yeah stuff like that i don't know talk about it real quick i screenshotted this thing that i wanted to I wanted to read about but so actually i uh when i googled it to, i wanted to pull up an image um and i couldn't find a good one but i was scrolling through the pages mm-hmm. and on like page three or four a picture upon the rooftop oh, korean thing. um and honestly as a as like a korean myself like i i'm super I, I feel like that was you know like that was like our time to shine i don't know if that sounds like no, no, no. I mean, here, here, look, I'll read you this. So this was interesting. I, I don't know how much I screenshotted that was good, but it said, um, you know, however, some of the nuanced facts become more clear if you see some of the interviews with these rooftop Koreans. More importantly, they were not gung-ho vigilantes, but rather reluctant warriors who overcame their fears to fight back only when they realized that the government wouldn't protect them. It, this itself is a telling point in in that these law-abiding citizens patiently waited for their newly adopted government to take action, even while most of their livelihood was being torn apart. It was only when they realized they were on their own did they take action. So, um, yeah, it was interesting, man. And I was reading about, you know, all this. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, it's um, it's sort of a similar thing on two 
different spectrums. You know, the, the cops turn their back on the disenfranchised across the board. I mean, if you live in Beverly Hills and you call 911, you're going to get help fast. Um, so it's and, and I think this whole thing, um, it's super nuanced. And I think that there is this sort of like the system in general um, keeps us sort of pointing fingers and hating each other when really uh, black people, Koreans, Mexicans, uh, undocumented people, uh, uh, disenfranchised, gay, transgender, everybody. We have way more in common in our everyday life and needs for our family than they do, than the rich, you know, uh, you know, upper 99 percent. They don't give a fuck about us. And, it, and, and that has been a tactic since the since fucking a very long time ago. Um, keep them fighting amongst themselves so that they don't realize that we're taking a big slice of the cake. And, exactly. um, you know, and then. And then, you know, when people try to protect themselves or create their own sort of thing, you know, like the Black Panthers or whatever, that's when the government takes notice and starts to get worried because we are empowering ourselves and it, and it gets fucking weird, you know, but have you seen, but you've seen some of those pictures of those rooftop Koreans for sure. Well, I was reading, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. You know, and I I was reading a lot of them had um, military training because Mm -hmm. in Korea you have to be, you have to be a part of the military for For like like two years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So they already knew how to fucking hold the guns and shit like that. And um, I, I think that that's, what's important. Like they, to to state is like it seems to me from what i've read very little but um i can feel it uh they weren't like just ready like fuck yeah this is our chance to go kill people it was like wait a minute you're not coming no oh fuck like well i'm not about to lose all of this um you know and uh uh I, i read something just statistically about you know i think uh it was like i don't think and none or maybe like I don't even want to get into this. I don't know the statistics, but apparently there's just so much misinformation about what happened and stuff. And I think that that sucks because anytime minorities or a, a disenfranchised group stands up for themselves, there's all this like spin about like this and that, or like, Oh, they're look at they're They're not protesting their rating and nobody wants to think about why the fuck this stuff's happening in the first place. And like, you know, people, I don't know. I mean, their livelihoods were like being burned down and like torn apart. And like, I mean, I probably would get up on that roof, too, you know? Yeah. You know, it's I have a weird thing with that, too, because I, you know, it's um, I am not. uh, I'm more interested in asking the question of like, why are these things happening than, oh, my God, they're leaving the store with like and I'm I'm talking about just in, in a general context of like that guy's leaving the store with a TV like, oh, no, it's like, oh, there you go. You're pointing a finger at this guy doing that. You're not thinking about why the fuck they're grabbing the, the TVs to begin with or why this whole scenario is happening is because of like a greater injustice, you know, and I don't have the fucking solutions either. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I just wanted to briefly touch on it because it, it seemed like a cool subject to talk about. Um, I think it's a cool tattoo idea for you, dude. You get a cool portrait <laughs> of, of a. I just got my first tattoo and now I'm like obsessed and like you really. Go, yeah, I'm trying to go more and more, but I can't think of what I want. And so I'm selling tattoos to other people. They're addicting. I mean, I have my whole all my arms, my chest, my right leg just got finished. Yeah. And there once yeah, you get one, dude, it's all it's all down I know, from there. I, know. I really like the process, like the um, it was a friend of mine that did it. And uh, I just loved it as like almost like it was just therapeutic, man, like to sit. And it was uh, so uh, not emotional, but like very like um. I guess it's like hot ones. It's like when they're like 
in pain from the thing they're opening up more about this and that and it, we just had such a good talk and i was like damn i'll like book these things just so i can like have an excuse to go like do this you know yeah it's a weird type of like it's not even like painful it's just like it's very it's weird, a weird feeling yeah yeah for sure but um, I, I think i think honestly like even the feeling is a little therapeutic like it's absolutely I mean, it doesn't yeah. feel great but like you know yeah yeah um it's, a, it's like a it's like a rite of passage sort of thing it's almost like damn if i can i'm handling this i'm okay like it, it's um it's like peace through chaos in a way you know it's it's a it, I think that's a good metaphor yeah life you know yeah yeah um okay so next topic uh ghosts yeah um are you superstitious do you believe in ghosts i i think i i like to say that i'm not but then i do a bunch of crazy shit you know like I, i'm like if i have a thought about something I, i'll like immediately scream like don't think about that don't think it's gonna happen and i think that's catholic school that did that like uh i've said this a billion times but neil brennan said that catholicism is like a gatorade bottle um when you drink all the Gatorade and then you rinse it out and you try to put water in it no matter how many times you wash it it will always taste like gatorade and I think that I have that's sort of the way Whoa. my superstitions, that's how my superstitions are. It's like, even though I try to act like I'm evolved and beyond all of that, I, um, I definitely still have a couple of things that, I, and I know it's, I go do this, ain't, this is, there's no such thing as magic or this ain't going to happen if you do this. But I'm like, but what if? Yeah. I mean, I was, I went to Catholic school until I was in like sixth grade. So I, I feel you on that. Um, sure. I don't really like believe in ghosts. I mean, I originally right out of high school, uh, before I joined the military, I went to Cal State Channel Islands for like a year, lived in the dorms, like partied too hard, but there, all the old patient buildings were still there. And so yeah, me and my yeah. friends would just like come back after a party or whatever, and just sneak in and like something just felt super wrong. Like there was like old playrooms. Cause there was like children there too. And like, Whoa. they had like a cremation room and I just got like some major bad fucking vibes from that. Well, so that's interesting, right? It's like, do we get the vibes because we know what happened there? Like if you didn't know that that's what happened there and you were there in the middle of the day, it probably like, wouldn't phase you. Yeah. You know? So I wonder, but, but also, um, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, we don't use our full brain. I think there our eyes can only, you know, uh, you know, it's a, it's an imperfect sort of machine. And I think that, um, the fact that like 3d still works on us like that. It's like, there are things happening maybe that we can't perceive. And I, I think I'd be sort of crazy to say that maybe that I knew for sure what the fuck was going on there, but, but I don't think, uh, I don't know. So who knows? I don't sit around wasting my time thinking about it. Cause, uh, I do get into it. I like it. It's interesting at times, but, uh, I'm not about to go ghost hunting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. But it's uh, cool. I love I love yeah. horror movies and shit. And I, I uh I like that eerie feeling sometimes that you get. But um fuck, if it was real, it'd be a real trip, dude. Definitely, definitely. So like, kind of on this yeah. go ahead. What were you saying? No, go ahead. I'm just yelling at this. <laughs> at this on kind of on the same like uh topic, uh the Cecil Hotel, and then we'll kind of bridge into like the night stock a little bit. But I actually joked past the Cecil Hotel the other day. And I just like, again, I'm not really superstitious and just like being close to it. I just got like the chills and I just, maybe again, yeah. probably just because I knew what happened there and all the like awful shit that happened there that I'm sure that I was like, okay, yeah. this is not a good place to be. Yeah. I, so I just started watching that shit last night because you told me we were going to talk about it and um, it's a trip, dude. I, so I'm on like the, the one right before the last one, but 
I think I think and you can spoil it. I don't give a fuck. But I think at the end you find out kind of what happened. Did they ever? Find I actually out what haven't seen it. So, okay. yeah. So I don't know. But so they go into all this shit about that makes you like think like, oh, it's this, it's that. It's like all this conspiracy stuff. But I think that um, I, I haven't I haven't finished it. But I think because she, she was bipolar, I think she might have just had a manic episode. And, um, you know, because I think um bipolar people uh can get um suicidal at times and sort of uh maybe she just had some sort of manic break and decided to like kill herself or something i don't know but um uh i'm sorry you were what was the question oh it, we we're just talking we we're just talking about it i mean did you did you like it though because i heard that it's it was like something that could be summed up in 15 minutes that was basically dragged out over a show Probably. Yeah, probably. But, you know, it's uh, I guess most movies could be that, too. You just like, you wouldn't, that you wouldn't have a movie. You know, it's like the notebook. It's like she has Alzheimer's end of movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, that movie. Yeah, I guess it'd be really the first time I saw it. Yeah, that's my that's my ultimate scent movie when I'm really feeling uh, after a breakup well, or it's dark, dude. It's fucking dark. I was like, this is a horror movie. I felt duped, man. I was like, I watched this whole thing thinking it's romantic and it's this sad fucking thing. Anyway, um, I liked it. I'll probably finish it. I'll probably finish the Cecil Hotel thing. Uh, I had a buddy who stayed there years ago and I don't know if that was before or after, but he stayed at the because they changed it into a thing called Stay on Main. To sort of like rebrand yeah um but yeah i don't know i fucking i wouldn't fucking stay there no. i mean i'm there's was like so apparently so many murders and shit that happened there that i For i sure. don't think i could <laughs> but uh yeah. also on the topic of that uh the night stalker um supposedly yeah. he stayed there a bunch of yeah, times he did. Or... yeah for sure I love that documentary that one was good man i haven't watched that one yet it's on my list my only like knowledge of richard ramirez was his the portrayal of him in like a couple seasons of American Horror Story. So I don't really know like the full story, but I know like he was in LA and what he like would break into people's homes in the middle of the night and yeah, it was just random ass fucking psychopath shit, you know. I watched all four I watched like the whole thing in one night because it was like, all right, next one, next one. Um and this is the most insensitive fucked up thing to ever say. But at when they convict him at the end and I think he has like the pentagram on his hand and there it's finally uh, he says, hail Satan. And I was like, that is the most metal shit I have. I expected it to just go like hail Satan in the courtroom. I was like, holy fuck. Like it was it's pretty heavy. It's so fucked up. But I was like, that's kind of like not cool. But I was like, like one last fuck you. Yeah, and he's an awful person, but yeah, not even, you know, not, not even that the people deserve a fuck you, but it was just like, damn, like, this guy's about that life, you know, it's fucking crazy. Is the documentary pretty gruesome? Um, I think so, yeah, I think I remember, uh, I don't think they show, like, too much. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, uh, but I, but I think it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty graphic. I mean, they describe a lot of the shit, and it's just pretty wild, man, he, you know. He went from here to San Francisco and then I think back and I think they caught him here again. I don't know, but uh, it's pretty dope. It's well, they caught him for like 13 murders, right? There's He definitely killed way more people than that. Probably. And then there's also this part. It's real weird because uh, there's this part where this cop pretty much like breaks the law to get information from like us from like this guy that they're questioning, like punches him. 
And in, in the do- in the narrative of the documentary, you're like, oh, finally, they got the info. But then you step back and look and you're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to go around punching people to try to get us <laughs> like fucking cops, like still getting away with this shit. Uh, but yeah, it's it. You should watch it. It's fun. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, fun is fun is probably fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good uh, family flick. You know, that's yeah, for sure. You know, this is probably not the right time to say this. I can't tell if your voice is coming through the mic or through like the computer. Really? It sounds clear to me, but go get closer to the mic. Can you can you tell the difference now? Or no? I don't know. Anyway, I just got great. this mic, so I got I'd go through this whole setup shit. And it, and it doesn't when I sound it, bad, you know. It definitely does it sound different from last time or do you remember? I don't remember. It sounds a little more I just don't know the mic. So anyway, this is I just it just hit me right now, but I think it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been doing these like I mean, obviously, the podcast interviews have been doing over Zoom because of COVID and stuff. And for sure, the whole first season, I basically like had to adapt and I have a whole like in-person setup, but, you know, not expecting to have to do it over Zoom. I was just using the built in like sound and yeah. I was editing everything like I was like, my guests sound great, but like I sound like all robotic and shit. And hmm. I was like, for season two, I have to at least like try. I mean, it sounds good, though, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can hear you. There's no like trucks going by or anything, you know, that's good enough for me. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know how some mics sound. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's anyway. I mean, yours sounds uh, really clean. I thought I got the same one as you, but I guess not. You know what? If it sucks, we'll fucking do it again, dude. Hell if you're yes. if you're not happy with it, I'm I'm happy with it. I think this is a, this is a great episode so far. I love it. Hell yeah. Hey, you're um, tall, right? You're pretty tall. I think I remember. How I'm 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking about it because even right now you look taller than me and we're both sitting. It's weird. Yeah, I kind of had to like position my laptop up a little bit. I'm a little slouched in this chair, but yeah. Oh, wow. now, he's, now he's flexing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not that tall. <laughs> um, but yeah. So do you have any other like comedy shows coming up possibly or um i think i have one in in april uh just got booked today for this one in april uh it's like a secret location i guess so i'll once it gets closer i'll be able to like share more about it um yeah that's no stand-up right now i'm uh doing a music video on sunday um which is it'll be a trip because it's like a 7 a.m. call. So I'm like, I don't think I've been oh, wow. up that early. It's been a while, dude. <laughs> which means I got to get up around six to be there by seven. Yeah. But uh, but uh, it'll be fun. And it's going to be just a run and gun fucking quick day, like from seven to noon, uh, oh, which wow. is cool. Because yeah, by cool. the time you're done, you get to you're like, damn, the rest of your day. Yeah. Yeah. Full work day. Um, so that'll be nice. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. I got like a punk project coming out soon so i'm just waiting it's just being mixed right now so i'm waiting on that um so i wrote like five songs uh played guitar played drums sang and then chris played lead guitar and then my buddy ryan um clark played bass on it so hopefully that'll be out soon that's sick yeah i can't wait to hear that i mean honestly with like covid like i don't want to say it's like coming to an end but like with vaccinations and everything like movie theaters are opening up disneyland's fucking opening up next month yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um and honestly i think you know comedy is going to come back in for sure some yeah sort we'll of be capacity cool. and music yeah. and i mean fest life is beautiful is supposed to be happening in the end of 2021 in vegas so hell yeah yeah i have a i got my first shot so we'll see waiting on the next one nice uh, nice yeah 
Cool. Um, well, uh, I cut you off. You were no, no. I, that, I, I think I was just gonna start rambling at that point. So I, I'm glad you started. Uh, I derailed it even worse. I'm just, you know, <laughs> the other day, uh, I was like interviewing Ryan Jay, and I was like having moments where I was like, because we did it at the improv. Usually, I do it at my house just alone with Deary. And as soon as we're at the improv, we got lights and shit. And I started just going like, uh, 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 so how, you know, how are things? I it got real fucking. So I was like, Ugh, we'll see if it's if it's whack, but whatever. Sometimes I think I really have like the whole interviewing thing nailed down. Like, obviously, as interview more people like I've always been comfortable talking to whoever. But sometimes I have like all the like the topics in my head and all the things I want to say at once. And then it just like overloads. And then I just can't think of anything and i just like yeah it's like this awkward pause but thankfully i have not really had any of that yet with any of the guests so hopefully we'll uh yeah i'll I'll spit it all out and then i'll forget what the fuck i was talking about to begin with but whatever cool well uh it's been a lot of fun uh oh hell yeah oh that's it it's over dude (laughs) getting rid of me i'm just kidding um where did what uh don't say your address or anything but what part of the world you're in you're in Okay, Thousand Oaks. So like uh that's in the 40, valley, uh, right? Uh it's past that. It's like really suburby, like out more towards like Ventura. Do you know where Ventura okay. is? Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, um yeah, out towards there. Dope. Hell yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, when everything's back, dude, we'll have to fucking hang out sometime. You know, definitely we can, yeah. we can come to fucking Frogtown. We'll go fucking we'll kick it around here. Hell yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Do you want to plug yeah. your socials and uh, where I mean, most, check mostly sorry, mostly sorry on everything. I put everything on my Instagram, um, you know, be compassionate, try to love each other, you know, before you judge uh, anybody, try to go make something that's beautiful and try to create your own stuff instead of hating on other people's shit. And that's it. That's all I'll say. Words of wisdom. What a great way oh, to yeah. end. From the legend. No, I'm just from kidding. The, kidding. <laughs> this, this is this was from the legend, Joel Brick, Joel Jimenez. Uh hell yeah. Well, thanks, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Ben.